All right, without further ado, uh, uh, to show you unblemished sobriety, let me give you not a breathalyzer test, but even better, a test of... The Other Side of Midnight presents Commendations. That's right. Let me give a commendation to London, who has been named by World's Best Cities, which does these annual rankings... As the best European city to live, work, and invest in, they go through all the methodology, programming, the people, and sure enough, of every European city, there's a lot of cities that did well, Zurich did well, Amsterdam did well, no one did as well as London, and according to worldsbestcities.com, London is back And they are the capital of capitals. You know, my colleague Sid Rosenberg is always telling me about that, that um, he would move to London tomorrow. He loves it. He loves it. All right. Uh, These guys, this is a team of physicists. It's not one that I can give the commendation to, but it's multiple. They have done something that I think is great. Well, let me give you some context before I tell you what they did and who they are. Around 3,500 Americans ingest batteries every year. Did you know that? I had no idea it was that high. 3,500 Americans ingest batteries. And that's just what we know about, according to the National Capital Poison Center. Apparently, it's such a perennial issue, especially with children, grabbing a battery and eating it, that there's even a specific hotline number to call in to the, in the event of such an emergency. By the way, if anyone has ingested a battery, that number is 800-498-8666, just in case. And while it's unlikely your wristwatch's power source will ever be totally safe to eat, it doesn't mean that all batteries will remain inedible. And that is where a team of researchers at the Italian Institute of Technology have come in. These guys have developed what is being billed as... Are you ready for this? This is not a joke. This sounds like a joke, but it's real. These guys have developed the world's first fully rechargeable, edible battery. Now, these guys, they detailed all their work in a, in a, in a review in um, Advanced Materials... This new device uses riboflavin, which is often found in shiitake mushrooms, as its anode, and something called quercetin, or quercetin, which is seen in capers as the cathode. And the activated charcoal amplified the electrical conductivity alongside a water-based electrolyte. Nori seaweed, which I eat all the time in sushi, served as the short-circuit prevention separator, while beeswax-encased electrodes and food-grade gold foil contacts also contributed to this design. This is an edible, rechargeable battery. These guys at the Italian Institute of Technology, I mean, putting aside for a a moment the stereotype of, of course, an Italian or a group of Italians is going to invent a battery that you can eat, But these guys deserve every award there is. This is brilliant. 
This is something that can literally change the world for the better. I mean, it's just tremendous. That's great. I do commend you. I must also commend the yet unnamed carbon-gobbling microbe and those who discovered it, especially Dr. Braden Tierney. What I'm about to tell you about right now could very well be the solution, the cure to global warming. So a microbe discovered in a volcanic hot spring gobbles up carbon dioxide astonishingly quickly according to the scientists who found it. Though, so the researchers hope to utilize microbes that have naturally evolved to absorb carbon dioxide as an efficient way of removing the greenhouse gas from the atmosphere. Isn't that amazing? Because if you think about it, and Rush Limbaugh was one of the guys that always used to point this out, when a volcano erupts, there's an enormous amount of carbon dioxide that's emitted far more than the worst of the worst SUVs. So nature has found a way to clean itself up a little bit with all the carbon dioxide that we're, that these volcanoes are putting into the atmosphere. So imagine if we can utilize these same microbes to remove carbon from the atmosphere ourselves, some sort of artificial way to do this. So this is great. I'm commending the microbe and the, Scientists that discovered it, especially the leader of this, Dr. Braden Tierney. Uh, he was the one that uh, that that isolated this organism. It's a. Uh, well, I'm not going to. They don't have a name for it, as far as I understand. I'm not even going to try and describe the kind of bacteria it is. Hey, there was a lot of space news this week with um, Elon Musk and SpaceX and the rocket ship exploding. But I want to give a commendation to Klim Shapenka. Klim Shapenka has a Shapenko has just directed. Again, not a joke. We have one incredible feat after another on this commendation list. The first feature film shot in space. And it premiered in Russian cinemas on Thursday. It's called The Challenger. Apparently, The Challenge. It's a pretty good film, evidently. It's about a surgeon dispatched to the International Space Station to save an injured astronaut. Shot entirely in space. How cool is that? Tom Cruise talked about doing something like that. But the we may have won the race to the moon. The Russians won the race to shoot a movie in space. They sent an actress and a film director for a 12-day stint on the International Space Station in October of 2021 to film scenes aboard the uh, orbiting laboratory. And uh, I think that's really neat. So commendations to everybody. How many... This filmmaker, Shapenko, will have in his obituary that he was the first director ever to shoot a film in space. I find that remarkably impressive. I want to commend Delta Downs in Vinton, Louisiana. According to the list from 10best.com, they have looked at the best horse racing tracks to visit in the U.S. And number one 
in the whole country, higher than Belmont, higher than Pimlico, higher than Saratoga, higher than Churchill Downs, where they have the Kentucky Derby, was Delta Downs, Vinton, Louisiana. So there you have it. Those of you that are horse racing fans, think about that. Uh, I want to commend the photographer, Boris L. Dagson. He won a big photography award, a competitive photography award, the Sony World Photography Awards. He's a German photographer, and he was listed as the winner of the creative category. His image, called Pseudomnesia, the electrician, is a black and white portrait of two women from different generations. And while Aldegzin was presented with his award at a ceremony in London... He's now, he declined the prize. He did this as a joke. He's calling himself a cheeky monkey because he's admitted, and no one knew this, that he used an AI-generated image to win the contest. He was trying to make a point about how many photographers and how many artists might lose their job or lose certain opportunities because of the AI-generated imagery. So I'm giving him credit, one, because it's kind of an interesting prank, two, for his honesty, because he just could he could have just kept his award, and three, for using this as sort of a teachable moment for both the AI community and the photography community. I want to commend Rebecca Peterson of Oklahoma. She is a math teacher who is the 2023 recipient of the National Teacher of the Year. Uh, congratulations to Rebecca Peterson. That's nice. That's great. Pretty special. Want to give a commendation to the city of San Francisco. They beat us out in New York. They have been named by Smart Travel as the most pedestrian-friendly city in the country. They had a walk score, a walkability score of 89. I mean, New York was an 88, Boston was an 83, Miami was a 77, Chicago a 77. Uh, But San Francisco, the most pedestrian-friendly city in these United States. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I want to give a commendation to a fellow that I've probably met before, Tony Ventimiglia. He was named an MTA hero. He has he is the oldest MTA bus dispatcher on Staten Island. And in he oversees 29 express bus routes, six local routes. And I think I have seen this guy before. He does a great job if he if I'm Thinking of the guy from the Eltingville Transit Center. If my old express bus driver, Larry, is listening, because I know Larry works odd hours, Larry, call me or call Kenneth off air and let him know if this is the guy at the Eltingville Transit Center that that I've seen. Um, 800-848-9222. So anyway, 
He's worked for the MTA for 44 years, and this is why we're getting to the commendation. In 44 years, this guy, Tony Ventimiglia, has not taken a single sick day. I mean, that's incredible. I've never taken a, a single sick day, but I haven't worked at the same job for 44 years. Alex Barnard can't go 44 hours without taking a sick day. And this is incredible. Tony Ventimiglia, I do commend you. I want to give a posthumous commendation to Ken Potts. This man is a real hero. Uh, One of the last two USS Arizona survivors has passed away at the age of 102. You know, pretty soon in the not-too-distant future, there will be zero World War II veterans alive, and that's a sad day because it's a part of history that's vanishing with it. But this man was one of the last two remaining survivors of the USS Arizona battleship, which sank during the 1941 Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. And he died at his home in Utah, still very sharp until the very end, had all his marbles, but lately he was having a hard time making it out of his bed, making it out of bed. Uh, But he was just happy to make it to 102, had a great attitude, enlisted in the Navy in 1939, and was working as a crane operator on the morning of December 7th. And um, it's it's sad that that there's only, only one gentleman left. But a lot of the people that served on that USS Arizona chose to have their ashes interred on that ship or at the ship in the same area, and Potts was asked about this. Do you want to do this? He said, nope, I made it out once. I'm not going back. So seems like a guy with a great sense of humor as well. Lastly, I don't know if he wants me to give his name because he is a principal, so I don't want to get him in trouble here. But I want to thank and commend my neighbor, John Charles, I'm not going to say his last name, because yesterday... He gave me a digital scoreboard for our ping pong table. So from now on, we won't be having the players have to keep score themselves. And I'm sure that was the story with a lot of controversy during the tournament. He is made it possible for us to have digital scorekeeping for the next ping pong tournament. So that's great news. Thank you, John Charles. Above and beyond. Uh, above and beyond. All right. Um, that concludes... This week's edition of Commendations. If you would like to be heard on anything we've talked about thus far, if you have a comment on any of the commendations that I have made, you are welcome to offer your two cents. You're welcome to weigh in. You are offer you are welcome to kick in a little bit to the content kitty by dialing 800 848-9222, 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. 